0: Well, good morning, friends. Uh, it's so good to see all of you. If I haven't uh, met you, I'm Matthew. I've heard that we have more than um, our normal congregation tuning in periodically to our Sunday live stream. I would much rather see you in person. I think I'm going to say that every week that we're together. But I want to invite you to begin by uh, joining with me in prayer. I'm going to read a prayer from the Valley of Vision, uh, which is a collection of Puritan prayers from the 16th and 17th century. And one of them entitled God, creator, and controller, I think is exactly how we need to talk to the Lord in times like this. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most high God, the universe with all its myriad creatures is thine, made by thy word, upheld by thy power, governed by thy will. But thou art also the father of mercies, the God of all grace, the bestower of all comfort, the protector of the saved. Thou hast been mindful of us, hast visited us, preserved us, given us a goodly heritage, the holy scriptures, the joyful gospel, the savior of souls. We come to thee in Jesus' name. Make mention of his righteousness only. Plead his obedience and sufferings, who magnified the law both in its precepts and penalty, and made it honorable. May we be justified by his blood, saved by his life, joined to his spirit. Let us take up his cross and follow him. May the agency of thy grace prepare us for thy dispensations. Make us willing that we should choose our inheritance and determine what we shall retain or lose, suffer or enjoy. Lord, if blessed with prosperity, may we be free from its snares and use, not abuse its advantages. May we patiently and cheerfully submit to those afflictions which are necessary. When tempted to wander, hedge up our way. Excite in us abhorrence of sin. Wean us from the present evil world. Assure us that we shall at last enter Emmanuel's land where none is ever sick and the sun will always shine. Lord Jesus, you are our hope as we head into another week of uncertainty and turmoil all around us. And in many cases, even within us, Lord, we pray that you would meet us right now, wherever we are around this city, around this country. We pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts through your word. Help us, Lord. Help us in our loneliness to run to you for comfort. Help us in our confusion to look to your word for answers. Lord, help us in our temptation to turn inward, to keep choosing to turn outward and love those around us as you have loved us. We ask for your help, Lord, and we thank you that you never get tired of hearing your children say, help daddy. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and open it to Psalm 49. I'm really grateful for another opportunity to speak with all of you. I want to thank everyone who tuned in last Sunday, and especially for your encouragement to continue doing this live stream. This is new territory for us as a church, new territory for me, but I'm so grateful to God for the unchanging goodness of his word, right? That that nourishes our souls, even when we're physically separated. I also want to say it was really good, uh, good for my soul to speak with many of you uh, by phone or over video chat. Last week, I I told our elders when we met online this past Wednesday, how grateful I am for the way I see so many members of our church fighting well to trust God amidst all the uncertainty surrounding this COVID-19 pandemic. I want to thank you for pressing into the Lord, the way you have over the last two weeks. You're, you're finding new ways to contact and pray for and practically serve one another and people in your neighborhood. And you need to know, friends, that's, that's not a little thing. That's not a small matter. That's really significant. That's important. That's called holding fast to the truth of the gospel when everything else is shaking. And Let's be honest, in many ways, it feels like everything has changed. And yet at the same time, none of the most important things have changed at all. God is still sovereign. God is loving. God is wise. And because he hasn't changed, even when our life seems to change all over the place and our faith begins to waver and grow weak, we, we can choose as Pastor John Piper exhorts us to choose, to continue trusting the one who keeps us trusting. And so no matter how long this strange season continues, and I'm preaching into a video camera, <laughs> I want you to keep doing that. Keep doing that, okay? There are reasons, as I said last week, to be afraid. There are better reasons to trust the Lord. And we heard one of them last week in Psalm 93. What was that? We trust the Lord because he's the king of creation. And this morning, Psalm 49 adds a a second precious reason to that list. We trust the Lord because he ransoms our soul from the power and fear of death. You know, if you're willing to pay attention, if you're willing to turn off your news feed for a few minutes and listen to God's word. I assure you a viral pandemic, believe it or not, can accomplish great good in your soul. Okay. This virus is not good. It's not good. It's a reminder that we live in a fallen world, but it can accomplish tremendous good because it forces us to confront truths that we would rather ignore or forget. Let's be honest. What's at the top of that list that we're not in control for all our supposed power, all our technological advances, all the benefits of living in Western society with all our privileges. We are still mortal. We're finite, but we forget that. Don't we? We, we live with this illusion that we're in control that our plans are reliable, that, that we have the power to be and do whatever we want to be and do. We fancy ourselves to be God. We, we think that we hold the outcome of our life in our hands. And then what happens? A, a coronavirus just brings the whole enterprise and illusion crashing to the ground and things that two weeks ago feel very stable, suddenly feel anything but certain. And so to the degree that's been your experience, friend, this morning, you have a choice to make. You really do. Will you try to suppress the gnawing anxiety and fear in your heart through busyness or entertainment or the perfect practice of social distancing? Or will you slow down? Confess the truth of your mortality and and run to Jesus for deliverance from the power and fear of death. What I want you to hear this morning more than anything else is that it's exceedingly good and profitable to remember our mortality. That's part and parcel of genuine faith in the Lord. You, You can't trust Jesus to deliver you until you despair of delivering yourself So how do we respond when when this coronavirus just dashes all our futile attempts at controlling the final outcome of our life? We seize the opportunity to remember our mortality and we cast ourselves on the mercy of God. Let's listen to his word from Psalm 49. Hear this, all peoples. Give ear all inhabitants of the world. Both low and high, rich and poor together, My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches? Truly no man can ransom another. Or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice, that he should live on forever and never see the pit. For he sees that even the wise die. The fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling places to all generations Though they called lands by their own names, man in his pomp will not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence. Yet after them, people approve of their boast. Like sheep, they are appointed for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd and the upright shall rule over them in the morning. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell, But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. So be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. For when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. For though while he lives, he counts himself blessed. And though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go to the generation of his fathers who will never again see light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beast that perish. The psalmist begins by calling every person in the world to pay attention. Whether you are rich or poor, whether you are socially admired or or socially disdained, there's something you need to understand. Actually, two things. That's going to be our two points this morning. But here's the first. We cannot deliver ourselves from death. We can't. There's been a lot of talk in the news the last week about getting the right medical supplies. Passing the right economic stimulus package. So let, me, let me just say, in case you haven't noticed this, it is not a good time to be a public official. <laughs> a criticism of what people in positions of power are doing or not doing is, is rampant. What, what are we being told from every corner of the newsroom? Somebody has to act. Somebody has to spend. We have to do something to keep this virus at bay. Is it good and right to do everything we can to protect human life because it's a gift from God. Yes. And yet something is strangely absent, friends, amidst all the chatter and blame shifting, something that was true before the coronavirus hit and is still going to be true after it subsided. Listen, there is no amount of money and there is no human power in the world that can keep you from dying. Look at verse 7. Psalm 49. Truly no man can ransom another. Or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of their life is costly. And can never suffice. That he should live on forever. And never see the pit. wonder if you've ever thought about. Why death exists? And why, no matter how much our life expectancy increases, it remains inevitable. Well, the Bible gives us a very clear answer: Death is inevitable for every one of us because we all live under the curse of sin. Okay, when the first man and woman disobeyed our Creator, what did he say? Genesis 3:19. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Why? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death that the richest and most powerful person in the world is not immune. We all inherit a sinful nature from our forefather, Adam, and we all add to our original corruption manifold sins of our own. And there's nothing you can do. There's nothing anyone else can do for you to keep you from dying. Hear that. Personal wealth can't keep you from dying. The healthcare system cannot keep you from dying. Okay, exercising habits, eating habits, social distancing habits will not suffice. There's nothing you can pay God or do for God that can deliver your soul from the curse of death. Doing your best is not enough. Being a good person is not enough. You can't escape your mortality, friend. And so this sense of of vulnerability and finitude that we feel in times like this isn't an unwelcome intruder into our otherwise idyllic life. It really does confront us with the true condition of our life. Because even Christians die. Look at verse 10, Psalm 49. For he sees that even the wise die. Those who choose the path of obedient trust in the Lord... The fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others, which means verse 12 is exactly right. Man and his pomp will not remain. He's like the beast that perish. And in a normal time, we we like to insulate ourselves from that reality. Unless you are into reading the obituaries every day, you might not know that nearly 8,000 people in a normal time die every day in the United States alone. Because our life is so fragile. It's like grass here today and, and gone tomorrow. And in our pride, we like to forget that. We think that we're in the driver's seat. We think we're calling the shots. And yet in reality, friend, every day you live in this world brings you one day closer to the day of your death. So will a majority of people who get the coronavirus recover? So far, that's what we're hearing. But you know, eventually, even those people will die. If not from COVID-19, then from something else, which raises an age-old question. Think about this. If all share the same experience of death, then why does it matter what we believe or how we live? If the righteous suffer no less than the wicked... Is there any reason to to take up your cross and deny yourself and follow Jesus? I mean, what makes more sense under that circumstance is eat, drink, and be merry, live it up as long as you can, because tomorrow we die. That's a fearful thought. It would mean there's no reason to to choose any one action over any other action. No reason to, to do justly to love mercy, to walk humbly. It would mean no vindication for the injustices of life, no standard of good or evil, and and ultimately no reason to live for anyone but yourself. And yet, that is not where the psalmist lands, is it? Look back at verse five. What does he say? Why should I fear in times of trouble? when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me it's a rhetorical question isn't it another way of saying in the in the final analysis i should not be afraid when the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer in this life okay when I, when i come face to face once again with the reality of our mortality and remember that death eventually chases all of us down so why not Why not? Why not be afraid if you or someone you love comes down with the coronavirus and goes into isolation in the ICU this week? Well, the answer to that, friend, is found in verses 13 through 20 of this psalm. Those who trust in their wealth and those who trust in the Lord have the same experience of death in this life, but they have radically different ends in the life to come. Point number two God will deliver all who trust in Him from death. I want you to look at verse 13 with me. Okay, look first at what will happen to all those who place their hope for the future in what they can control through their own power and status or possessions. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence. Verse 14, like sheep, they are appointed for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd. That is a terrifying thought, friends. That death will guide them and death will lead them. And death will restrain and and rule over them in keeping with the sovereign will of God. Verse 14: Their form shall be consumed in Sheol, with no place to dwell. When, When their eyes close in death, they will awaken to an eternity of pain and sorrow and isolation and destruction. It's not a joke. It's not a scary story. It's reality, friend. As sure as God is real, and the created world around you, wherever you're watching this right now, is real, so too is the final condemnation of the wicked before the judgment seat of Almighty God. But that does not need to be the outcome of your life, friend. There's another end and it's not an end of eternal death. It's an end of eternal life with the lover of your soul. Look at verse 15, but God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol for he will receive me. What's that? Well, it's the cry of faith. It's the cry of wholehearted dependence. It's the cry that says to God, God, I can't save myself. I can't rescue myself. I'm mortal. One day I'm going to die and all my illusions of control are going to perish with me. So I choose to trust you. I choose to stop trying to ransom my own soul. Frantically fighting with with every fiber of my being to, to keep my physical death at bay. Or striving to, to do enough good works to, to earn some sort of life after death. You're my only hope. And I choose, Jesus, right now and every day of my life to cling to you as the only one who can ransom my soul from death. You are the only one who can pay the debt I owe on account of my sin. You are the only one who can deliver me from closing my eyes and waking up to the terror of eternal condemnation. You died the death I deserve to die. You lived the life I'm supposed to live. You, you did it all to make me righteous as you are righteous. So that when I die, you will what? What does the psalmist say? Look at verse 15. You will receive me. You will justly and and joyfully welcome me into heaven. I'll get to see your face. That's what the psalmist is saying. And enter into an eternity of, of unrivaled joy, of life with you, Jesus, the way it was meant to be. Okay, verse 15 reminds us that the psalmist believed that God would do for him what he could not do for himself. Ransom his soul from the power of Sheol, He knew he would die and that when he did, because his trust was in the Lord and not himself or his power or his control or somebody else's power and control that the Lord would deliver him from death's clutches and raise him to eternal life. Not because the psalmist thought he deserved it, but why? Why? Because the Lord will not deny the son the reward of his suffering. That's why, friend. The gospel tells us that a ransom was required and a ransom has been paid. And therefore, the Lord will not fail to raise up with Christ all who trust in him. You know, in a pandemic, Sheol sort of reaches out to us, doesn't it? It grabs us by the ankles, every news article we read, every fearful post, every channel that we turn to and tells us about some new form of, of death or destruction. It's, it's Sheol reaching out to us, whispering of our mortality, reminding you that, that tonight, could be the night. That fear is very, very real, friend. It's the fear of death that all who don't know Jesus or are not trusting in Jesus rightly feel on account of their sin. So how do we respond? Well, we do what the psalmist in Psalm 49 did. We we don't ignore Or forget our mortality, recognize it. Confess it with the psalmist. But don't be afraid of it. Look it in the eye and then look to Jesus and confidently say with the psalmist, God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol. And therefore, verse 5 why should I fear in times of trouble? Why should I be afraid of getting sick? Why should I be afraid of dying? If you die because you get sick with this virus, could it be really hard for you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Might it be really sad? Absolutely. There's wisdom in being careful to avoid hastening the day of our death. But when you die, Christian, whether it's tonight or this week, or 50 years from now, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. God will ransom your soul from the power of Sheol because Jesus rose and was received by his father. You will too, and you'll be received by your father with shouts of joy. (laughs) It's not the only outcome, but it's the outcome of all who trust in Jesus for salvation. That trust isn't just kind of a, yeah, I believe he's real and he's doing things out there, so sure, whatever. That that is wholehearted personal reliance on Christ such that his death becomes your death. His life becomes your life and his story becomes your story. What's Psalm 49 teach us? That we can't deliver ourselves from death and that God will deliver from death all who trust in him. I imagine this week a lot of you have have felt pretty powerless. Uh, You've been increasingly aware of your mortality. This, This virus brings the reality and inevitability of death out of the shadows and into the forefront of our minds. And if that's happened to you this week, friend, don't run away from that. Thank God for that. Because it's a good thing, okay? It's a good thing to remember we're not in control. But unlike the rest of the world, we need not despair. We, we don't lose heart. We don't give up on following Jesus. We trust the Lord because God and God alone ransoms our soul from the power and fear of death. So, so fear not, friend. When physical death comes to the righteous, no less than the wicked, okay, fear not when human power and wealth and social distancing or personal protective equipment seem like the key to guarding you from death and preserving your life. In the final analysis, they don't and they can't, but Jesus does and Jesus will if you cling to him none who wait for him shall be put to shame. So what I want you to hear this week, it's very simple, but it is really important. Okay. The renewed awareness of your mortality should send you running to Jesus for deliverance from the power and fear of death. And no matter what you watch on the news or what you hear from your doctor, Christian, may you say with the Apostle Paul, night after night, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for needed reminders of our mortality. Father, would you forgive us for our pride where we fancy ourselves to be God, where where we push away and pretend away and intentionally forget away all the reminders in this world, Lord, that we live under the curse of sin, in a fallen, broken world, that unless you return first, even for us as believers, our death is inevitable. Father, help us to remember this week that, that we can't deliver ourselves from death, that no government official or, or perfect public health strategy can ultimately keep us from dying. And I pray, Father, that having looked that reality in the face once again, that day after day this week, we would turn and run to you, Jesus, as the only one who can deliver us from death. Teach us, Lord, to despair of saving ourselves so that we can actually learn to lean on you to save us. I pray, Father, for every friend of mine who is listening right now and if they're honest that they are afraid of death lord we feel with paul the the desire to remain here to do the good works you've prepared for us to love people to to share christ to show the world what you're like and yet at the same time father we are so grateful that if you see fit to call us home that we can also say with Paul, that's gain because you're going to receive us. Steady our souls. Help us to cling to Christ this week. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening friends uh, to all our members and regular attenders. If I could just have a quick word with you as we wrap up, I, I want to encourage you to continue worshiping the Lord uh, by faithfully and generously giving of the financial resources he's entrusted to you to support the ministry of our church. Um, though we're, for obvious and good reasons, <laughs> I'm not able to receive a weekly offering in person right now, the simple truth is our expenses remain unchanged, um, including our office staff, supported missionaries, a uh, mercy ministry, as well as our building loan. I don't want any of you to give reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. And he tells us that each one should give as he's decided in his heart to give. Uh, But let me say this, if I could, please don't wait until we're able to gather again to do that. Uh, So you can give online, you can give by text, you can mail a check to the office. It's, It's an important way as a church family that we practice Psalm 49 right now. We we declare to the Lord through our giving. Our trust isn't in our money. Even with this looming threat of a recession, our trust isn't in what we can store up for ourselves. Our trust is in the Lord. So thanks in advance for your generosity. God's been faithful to our church for decades, and I know he's going to continue. Receive now this benediction from the Lord. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ And the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I go in peace to love and serve the Lord.